This is Daniel, your Game Master and Master of Ceremonies. This is Tori, and I play Dooley. This is Sorcerer, and I play Ty. This is Becca, and I play Mirgrat. And this is Odyssey, a Babylon 5 story. Welcome aboard. To that end, I'm gonna sort of excuse myself and go out into the hall. Friendly Dooley, I find it very urgent to to access a secure Stellarcom terminal. We can immediately head up, or actually, we are up. So down, uh, back to that communications place we went this morning. Yes, I think that shall perform adequately. And then let us visit your Narn contact. I, I don't have one yet. I need to make one. Then we'll do. Let All right. Away. This time we will take trains and elevators. <laughs> okay. So it basically, it took you probably most of the morning, and by this time, after the situation with the feeding and everything else, you're probably talking about it's afternoon right about now, since you took the long way around. By the time you get back to the communication terminal, you're probably talking late afternoon, early evening, depending on how you count it. Uh, so, this place is big. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to go look for... Uh... Look for a contact tomorrow, but or tonight, or however it works. But yeah, so, so we go go back to where we found it and look for a secure communication. Okay. Yes. So while that happens, on you're on the train back, you know, watching the other people, and the train itself is full with more with uh, less steerage passengers and more high end passengers who kind of pass through the steerage areas to get to the train, so they can go to other interesting stuff. Which, again, the routes to and from the train are well-guarded, well-managed, well-kept. So even the first-class passengers can use the train without any incident. Uh, and this, you would pass things like the zero-gravity swimming. Yes, this is real. Uh, you would, you know, pass uh, certain uh, sports arenas because they had things like boxing arenas and basketball and a few other, the other things. Um, definitely a lot of events and adventures and things to experience out and about. Again, this is a whole experience. And the train loves to advertise it. it not unlike being on a tram in Vegas, there's probably screens in the tr- in the train, uh, or the tram, I should say. It's not a full train. But, you know, the, the uh, screens there advertising various things happening in or around the ship. So while that's going on, let's go back to Ty. Basking in the afterglow. But eventually, you do kind of looked over, and it was, you know, again, things were great. Things worked well. He is completely passed out, but he's earned it, which is also really good timing because at some point you get up, get some, get some fluid, get some water. And that's when you hear, the, I can't knock with this headset, but yeah, you hear the knocking at your door. The I'd have been using the, the chime. He's using a full knock. I wait a second or two, and then I go open it. Okay. So you, you kind of do the whole one, two, three, four, five. Walk over, open it, and there's a satchel. It's probably about the size of a large purse. Not quite a full haversack, but you get the idea. You know what a haversack is, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. But yeah, it's pretty heavy. It's filled with something. It rattles a bit when you when you... Pick it up by the strap, but you take it, you bring in the bring it in, 
What do you do with it? Um, I'm clearly, like, thinking about opening it. This is a job that I'm getting paid to do, so I fight down that urge, and I just... There's a closet, right? Uh, there's... Yeah, there's just definitely a closet. I just put it in, like, hang it in the closet like you normally would with a backpack or a satchel and shut it in there. Okay. Now, like I said, it rattles a little bit. The whole thing feels like it's, um... There's more to it than just this, but it feels like someone filled it with dice. Hmm. Shit. Um, this is very interesting, but... Oh, dear. I'm a professional. <laughs> so I just put it in the closet and then stand there looking at the closet, thinking about it, you know. Really? Is this the point where I should ask for a will save to see whether or not you have the will to act professionally or is your, you know, where your curiosity gets away from you or you're going to be okay? Do it. Explain how uh, to do that because I don't really know. Not but a problem. Yes. Uh, on your, basically, a will save usually is determined for things like can you resist... Uh, mental things, torture, do you have the will to push through, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So on your character sheet, you see ability scores, and underneath that, something called saving throws. Yes. All right. Under saving throws, you have three entries, fortitude, reflex, and will. Mm-hmm. Uh, the will is determined, uh, in this case, I'm asking for a will, that's determined by your class bonus. So you should have a stat for, because of your level and the uh, class you took, it should have a uh, saving throw stat for your will, mm-hmm. as well as a, the place for the ability modifier, which in this case is your wisdom modifier. Mm-hmm. So you add those so two left, together? Left two columns, yep. 18. Eight, uh, and then you, wait, 18 total? Or that before yeah. the roll, or? Four, yeah, total. Dude, how, how did you end up uh, with an eight? Oh, no, no, right, right. Did I do wrong? So what it is, I think I, uh, let me guess, your wisdom is how much? Uh, 14. 14, right. So you don't use the, uh, because your wisdom is 14, your modifier is 2. Because it's if it's a 10 through uh, 1, it's, neg- it's 0. If it's 12 to 13, it's 1. If it's 14 to 15, it's 2. 16 to 17, 3. And 18 is 4. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in this case, you wouldn't use the full score and the modifier. You would just use the modifier. So what is okay, your... Okay, so the two. Okay, the two. And then your will save, uh, class save is how much? 16. 16? What's your class? That Traitor? Sound... I that might have done that wrong. I've never done one of these before. So... That is fine. <laughs> I have the manual open. Let me look. I'm looking at myself. I got it. Let's see. Telepath and... Tra- Here we go. Traitor. So the traitor... Uh, you're, and you're fifth level, right? You're just gone, you just did the stream? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just okay. by itself. So, I see what's going on here. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, on the, on the listing, you have, you know, first level zero, zero, 002, second one is zero, zero, 003. That's not added down. So, as a fifth level, it would be your base attack is three. Your fortitude save is one. Your reflex save is one. Will save is four, and your defense bonus is three. Does that make That's sense? Plus, plus four, so it's going to be cumulative with your wisdom. Oh, no, no, no. That's, I'm talking about the class itself. You, the add... class itself. Here's a question. Did, did you remember to add in your racial modifiers also? Yes. Okay. I, I, just I went through the directions, but I might. All right. No worries, okay. no worries. That's something I forget sometimes, so... <laughs> So no worries. Honestly, like I said, you're still learning. 
this is a great learning experience. More than happy to do it. Mm-hmm. But uh, basically, I think what you did is that you added up the columns uh, above it. You know, if you had like if you were level one, level two, level three, rather than taking it straight across, you kind of added it above. So easy enough to oh. mistake. Okay. Um, so, so in this particular case, yeah, you would be uh, it's four plus two plus, uh, and you don't. Did you have anything like uh, a feat called a, a great will? I believe it is. No, I didn't have any of that. So six is the right, right one. one. Correct. Yeah. Six plus a d twenty. So you would go to your okay. dice roller and bang as our exclamation point. Roll space one d twenty plus six. Ah, okay. twenty three. Whatever you do now is up to you. You can resist yeah. or you can choose to open it. This one is up to you now. Um, I don't open it. I wouldn't open that. Okay. She's getting so paid just... for this. <laughs> so you're like, okay, fine. I don't know what it is. I don't need to know. Okay. Hang it up. Close the door. When you uh, turn around, I'm guessing you're heading back towards the bed. Uh, yeah. There is the, the Narn. Sword by the by his side, thankfully not in the bed. He's sitting up in the bed. He says, "Ah, what was that, lady? A delivery?" I uh, I left something on the transport, and they just got it back to me now. You know how it is; they lose luggage all the time. I understand. This is why I travel light. He then pats his his sword. You think he's making a joke? <laughs> you think he's making a joke? <laughs> uh. <laughs> I have nothing to say about this whatsoever <laughs> because I'm not sure. <laughs> he, he looks over and says, he kind of smiles a little bit. <laughs> ah, you have roused me into slumber and brought me back to life with thy, with thy touch and affection. He stands, again, strategically placed camera. How, uh, thank you again. I maybe have to return to my roles and responsibilities, but if ever thy has a need of me or thy quest, you have but to ask. I only ask for a token of your esteem and your patronage. What do you want? (laughs) (laughs) I immediately look like not amused by this. Is he like telling her to put the money on the dresser? <laughs> right. I assume he's asking for a bribe like instantly, and you can just like see me immediately like stop smiling and go like, "What the hell?" He says, "If you would be so kind." He reaches over where your uh, where your clothes are kind of thrown around. He actually grabs what is it called the square your 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 tie square uh, pocket square. That's what I'm looking for. Your actual mm-hmm. pocket square, which uh, Bricari actually do use a lot. He pulls that out, and it's just basically a small tuft of fabric. And he says, this will remind me of you always. He takes it, and he, uh, once he puts it, gets his, his gear on, kind of stuffs it up the sleeve a little bit. And he, he bows to say, I shall treasure it always, milady. You're welcome. I think. <laughs> this could have gone worse. <laughs> I'm super relieved that he didn't ask me for money. <laughs> He then, when you're on the way out, you know, he he bows. He kisses your hand, full on, bows his head, knows not to touch the nose to the hand, kisses at exactly the appropriate spot, um, 
and by the way, he's good at what he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he says, should you need of me, you have but to ask. There are many wrongs to write upon this and things I must check in with. But until then, Connor is at your service, my lady. Well, I'll be you calling you again. <laughs> Do you say that as in the, okay, a favor for a favor, or as, eh, I got your booty call number in my, in my phone? Both. <laughs> it's both. <laughs> he, he bows and says, until then, gets his leather on, grabs a sword, puts it over his shoulder, and says, I shall see thee anon. As you see leaves, you later. Door, door closes behind him, and he bows as the door closes again. You've just had a very passionate and surreal afternoon. That was very bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> I just assume he's in a weird cult and kind of shrug it off. <laughs> okay. So let's see. Still early, and some of my traps have not been sprung, but that's fine. Plenty of time. <laughs> oh, um. Actually, I do have a device that I use. Uh, actually, I have two devices. I'm used to one and not used to the other yet. But should I ever get stuck or don't know what to do, I have a deck of what's called plot twist cards. You can get them from Pathfinder. I highly recommend them. All they are is just basic words that you can pull at random. My players in the past have learned to fear them. So so what did I do but get him a new set for Christmas? <laughs> Oh, so it's your fault. Yeah. We all actually, my fault. Actually, what she got me was the uh, Story Engine deck, which is from a Kickstarter. It's actually really good. I'm just not used to it yet. All right. All right. If we get our communications done and we're close to dinner time, I'm mm-hmm. going to call Ty because we had fun last night. And maybe we can connect for dinner. I know that uh, Meow Cat doesn't eat, but... Uh, oh, yeah, she does. You watched. Well, I mean, okay, yes. But <laughs> no, no, she very eat. specifically did not watch. I did not watch. <laughs> I assumed that, that they ate when we went down below, but maybe they would just want to sit and enjoy the scenery while we eat, like like you did last night. So Yeah, I mean, I uh, love watching aliens eat. So I, once you're done with your communication, unless we need to play that out, I will call up Ty. Well, as a quick thing, what are you specifically, who are you reporting to, Amirgrat, and what are you saying? Not like specifically, you know, not like, and these are the, the words and everything else I say, but what, what is the content you want to convey? Hmm? Uh, so I am reporting to the library, um, because that is our, our central information repository, and also like where my direct superiors would be. Um okay. And I am giving them a description of uh, the drug, including the information from the scans I took of Lixra C. Um, mm-hmm. And I am telling them uh, the effect that it has had on the Narn, what the Narn are doing about it, and the effect that it has on the Pakmara, as well as like my preliminary work trying to track it down on behalf of the Pakmara. Okay. So because of the distance with everything else, it will take longer to get to Pakmara than it would to, say, the Narn homeworld. But it, the guy takes takes your data crystal, pops it in, encapsulates it. They actually use a variation of a zip file to take everything in the data into a single pulse, which is then retranslated on the other side. Just for 
brevity's sake, because this is how they do it for lower levels. If you were, say, at a high level and get your hands on Gold Channel, that's instantaneous communication. Uh, there's a couple of there's actually a few levels under Gold, but above where you guys are. But you guys are using what is essentially standard communique for people in this situation. Oh, I have a, I think, if you give me just a moment. So I have a secret communication code that can be used to transmit data to the Great Library via the Avenue. Okay. So I don't know if that can be used to get me access to a faster method of communication. Um, but if it can, I'm going to because this seems important. Okay. The question you have to ask yourself here is you're going to what is essentially a standard kiosk to send and receive data, especially while in hyperspace, that's an issue. However, what you also realize is that by you're not going to a bridge or to a person going to go through Gold Channel or anything else like that, what you also realize is that if you do this now, that person will know you have this kind of access. Yeah, I'm I'm just thinking like do is there like a, a Stellarcom terminal in my in my uh quarters that I would be able to use to access communication channels that I could use this code for? Not really. And a lot of this, this the cabins are considered, you know, almost localized. They're not supposed to be doing a lot of back and forth communique uh while in transit. Okay. Uh-huh. Um so yeah, I'm gonna hold off on that for now. But I am going to, like, offer to pay extra for rush delivery. Okay. He'll accept it for rush delivery, which means he'll encapsulate it. He'll try to get in a more secure channel. It costs uh, 30 creds per minute, essentially. He will mention, however, that if you're looking for more secure, more direct channels, if, and he will actually stress the word if, you can get to first class. They recognize that's for diplomats and uh, C-level executives of mega corporations. It's not easy, but if you need direct ca- uh, connections that way, you could try to find a Pakmara diplomat, who, yes, Pakmara diplomats would be in first class. Question. Mm-hmm. Out of character, uh, given my background, would I still have diplomatic status? I haven't been told it's been revoked. Uh, (laughs) out of character this is uh not to let everybody else know what's going on this is something that is only known to a few like with the librarian but it's not something you could you know easily showcase you know what i mean no um as you mentioned is excuse me as we pause for station identification i'm doing that for the recording uh you mentioned before that your character did do some undercover and that that's part of an issue and that the people who could get you out of cover no longer exist so technically you might have it but they're probably either old codes so it's a risk or they're newer codes but you're not sure if the person on the other end will be able to receive them because of the change of how things work so again it's a risk well you said that someone going to first class needs diplomatic status Mm -hmm. i'm I mean, would that be like something on the ident card? How do you show you have diplomatic status? That would be something on the ident- uh, your ident card. Does my ident card still say 
diplomatic status or was that changed after the event? Yeah, that was changed after the event. Okay, that's all I need to know. Okay. <laughs> Back to character. Oh, can I? Could I use my my Pakmara civility influence to to try and gain access to first class? You can try. No civility uh, influence. That's that's not a feat, is it? Or anything like that? Uh, no, it's it's for the influence. Uh, oh right, yes. So Actually, I can roll my my political can... influence. You can try. Do you roll your political influence to see if that actually affects it? That is actually true. Okay. So let before you do that, I'm just going to say this: we now return to return you to our regularly scheduled broadcast. Uh, just as a note for the the recording. So anyway, continue. <laughs> okay. So. Inf- so I know they say in the book that it's two d six plus yes, your yeah. influence score. That feels a little weird to me, but. Yeah, there's a table. Um, I'm trying to get to it now. Can you explain the basics of it? That's one part of the character I didn't understand. Yeah, it is really confusing. Okay. From what I can tell from from this, basically because this is a game of politics, intrigue, lies, and pressuring, if you need something and you need to ask something of a government, a group, or whatever, you have a certain amount of influence and push, as it were. That's indicated by your score. Uh, how, so do you, say, how do you how do you know your score? Well, as mentioned, you get points. The way they do it in the book is that you get points per level, but you should be going through activities that raise and lower uh, your influence. Basically, do you piss somebody off? Do you help somebody of a particular group? Do you help a group in general? These things That's... would he- heighten and lower your influence. But considering we're playing a fifth level, it's a little vague. Yeah, because um, I uh, I put down what I felt would be my influences, but I had no idea how to score them. So the, maybe well, as the, the DM, you can help with that later. But well, as I can figure it out. But like I said, as a basis, if you go to your your class uh, example, I just flipped to the diplomat. So the diplomat has starts his influence as initial is two d four political influence to his native culture. So if I was playing a Centauri diplomat. It would be 2d4, let's say I got four points, uh, to Centauri government. I would then have additional influences, uh, including in basically every every level. The uh, diplomat's political influence in the native culture increases by two per each level and may also increase any three other influences by one. So when you go to the influence table, there's a huge range of possibilities, so this can be everything from Centauri government to Earth Dome to, let's say for the Pak Mara, as an example, it would be technically a League of Non-Aligned Worlds political, social, oh. economic, or military. Nope. There is a set of Pak Mara influence tables in the Lurker's Guide to Pak Mara, page 84. Thank you. I'll, I'll pull that up. <laughs> Just in case it's relevant. Okay, so... When it says under your class, you may increase any influences by plus two. Okay, so you have initial influence. You can, any two influences. You know what? We'll take it off the table later. It's just a little confusing. Basically, for lack of a better term, think of your influence as a social skill point. And that the more points you put into it, which we'll figure out later, um, you do a dice roll. In this case, 2d6. I feel like it should be a 20, but whatever. Um, 
after which there's a chart that says, oh, if you rolled up to a certain number, you can ask for certain things. Uh, example here they give, which is pretty good. Uh, here we go. You can pressure another group. Basically, as an example, uh, let's say as an arn, you wanted to get something from the Kari. That's uh, Narn political realm, something like that. So you could obtain certain things, such as uh, pressuring somebody to give you government internal documents you're not normally supposed to have, access to a diplomatic bag, secret government reports, uh, or access to government resources such as a ship or some trade goods or whatever, which would then be determined by your influence score as well as the die roll. Okay. Make sense? Yep. So let's say you had a four. You had a four, you rolled two day six. Let's say you got 12. So you would get that's four, that's 16, which means you could influence things like, uh, for as it says here, for the non political, up to uh, secret government reports, access to government ship, establishing non aggression or trade uh, treaty pact. Basically, you could do official things. Or if you were in the social, non social circles, which is, again, another skill, it would be things like, uh, shelter with a Narn family, borrow up to 500 credits, spreading rumors because it came from an, a good resource, getting Narn uh, thugs to act in, as your muscle, etc. Okay. I'll just need help later in figuring out the scores. I, I no imagine problem. I'll have to figure that out because they don't usually go for you've been around a while. So anyway, but the lurker, you're, so you were going to try the Pakmara one because you are... I'm trying um, to get myself into into first class so I can get this communique off as quickly as possible. Okay. So in this case, what you would do is basically send a message to, you know, verify there is a Pakmara diplomat on board, send him a quick message saying, hi, I'm essentially, I'm a librarian. I have radical information that we need to discuss. Can you get this to Homeworld as fast as possible? I have access codes. Here's my secret uh, Freemasonry handshake. Yes. So I will roll 2d6 plus my influence modifier. Okay. You said page 86 was the... Uh, 84 is the table. 84, thank you. I just need to verify that. Got it. Roll it. See what you get. 17. 17. All right. Well, you got a lot of influence. But that's only Pacmara, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, like, I have I have influence for some other areas, but yeah, most of my influence is Pacmara, that felt right, given my character's uh, career. Okay. Considering that as, you know, arranging to see a first-level librarian is a 10-point DC, and you rolled 17, <laughs> yeah, as using a librarian, uh, double-checking, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. To arrange, a, essentially, a meeting with the Pakmara diplomat, which, yes, you got lucky. There is actually one on board. He has a small entourage. Sorry, they have a small entourage. Not much, like two or three of them. And there's a very specific wing of the first class vessel dedicated to them. They're more than happy when they, he says, you know, bring them up. He says, ah, yes, you wish to, dearest library, we are more than happy to examine whatever information you have at this time. And they do invite you up to share, basically sit down, share the information, and see what can be transmitted over to... Do I get to tag along to watch this, or am I stuck back in second class? That's a good question. Uh, That's a good... You Hmm? don't speak Pakmara, because it's very difficult for non-Pakmara to to learn it. So, yes, you're welcome 
tag along. I can pick up the gist, but yeah, I don't speak it, so. Uh, Actually, if you want her to come along, you will have to, again, roll another influence just to say, may my friend accompany me, because this is, the Pacmarara are communally minded, but they're kind of a little isolationist. Yeah, yeah, but Dooley is also relevant to this situation, and it might be useful to have her on hand to answer questions, because she's the one that brought this to my attention in the first place. Gotcha. Well, go ahead, just give me a quick roll, just for the, uh, see how influential you are in this. Okay. Oh, I am well. very influential. <laughs> my friend here, my my friend here has knowledge for the, for the, for the, uh, for the, uh, Pacmara gathering. Please, we need we need their hair. They're like, oh, and they actually do cool the whole. A Narn is helping a Pakmara. <laughs> our interests aligned. Duli is the brought this situation to my attention to begin with, and she has proved helpful in terms of providing additional data that will assist us in this matter. Please, avail yourselves of the information that I have provided. It is absolutely vital that all Pakmara on this ship be aware of. The situation is unprecedented. If they're fascinated with this, this if a Narn is helping a Pakmara, and they are not of the ISA, nor are they rangers, this I have to see. So, again, you get permission for both of you to uh, enter the first-class di- uh, uh, diplomatic wing of this vessel. And, again, you got lucky that there actually is a diplomat on board. But this is an initial launch for a major ISA uh, vessel, so it's not uncommon for something like this to happen. You're not going to get somebody who has the ear of the emperor or anything like that. You're probably going to get a very low-level official, but it is an official. Yeah, I mean, since Pakmara provide the majority of the Q40 for the galaxy, I assume that they kind of just, like, are added on to new ship launches no matter what. If for no other reason, then they they probably just, like, are part of brokering the the fuel arrangements. Well, for a lot of things, particularly like a liner like this where it's supposed to be multicultural, they probably have an—they have—they do have an entire wing devoted to Pakmara. Yeah. That's a huge wing but they actually do have a wing devoted to Pakmara of influence. Uh, interestingly enough, you find Pakmara sections in steerage, you find Pakmara sections in first class. You don't normally find Pakmara sections in standard. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not saying a Pakmara section. I'm just, I'm, I'm well, A, bunking with a Narn, uh, but B, you know, I, I am... Uh, I am an unusual case because of the nature of my research. Okay. So, yes, you were given permission to enter the diplomatic wing. They will send for you and escort you and your... By the way, even in the Pakmara language, there is a pause between they will escort your and friend. Oh, I so thought it's... you were going to say pet. <laughs> I, I, I assume that you can <laughs> your Narn, your pet, your bodyguard, your emergency food supply. Somewhere there's a word somewhere in the middle of that, which probably applies. There's a word in the Pakmara language that is usually translated as foreigner, but actually means all of those things. <laughs> exactly. 
That is funny. Uh, friend, compatriot, loyal associate, pet, thing you will eat first when the time gets rough. Yep. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that, that, that is the little, literal translation of the Pakamara word for foreigner. <laughs> um, so, yes, you guys are escorted up. Uh, sorry, you wait by the, the main elevators. People give you looks a little bit because they're very lovely elevators, but, you know, it's Pakamaran and Narn who aren't exactly dressed in the latest of fashion <laughs> waiting to go up to the penthouse. Yeah, I'm wearing one of my two outfits that probably still has a price tag somewhere. <laughs> After a certain number of looks, I'm going to add a third air freshener medallion. <laughs> By the way, for the record, uh, if you notice, air freshener medallions do come in more than just the green tri- uh, green uh, pines. So you probably have things that look like smiley faces, peace signs, sacred symbols from a dozen different worlds, just kind of like in vacuum seal packs. So you don't oh, use yeah. them all the like, once. I'm, I'm working through one pack right now, and right now I've got I've got pine trees. Okay, <laughs> so now I know what to get my roommate as a gift. <laughs> <laughs> so when the door opens, Tupac Mara come in, and it's really odd and interesting to see Pac Mara guards. They exist, of course, but it's not something that people encounter on a regular basis. So they open the doors, ask to see your identity cards, they welcome you both in, thing goes up. Now before we get to the Pakmara diplomat, I have to go back to Ty. Um, <clears throat> we split the party, so this is where it gets interesting. <laughs> so Ty, you've basically, I'm assuming, catch a nap, I'm assuming. Yeah, I mean, it seems like a good time. Uh, because you're holding on to this stuff you've just let's just say had some exercise Mm -hmm. um got yourself nice and hydrated Mm -hmm. but you wake up because there is a chime at your door and it's probably you know the guy dropped it off at uh 1900 and it can't be more than uh 2200 right now and then he said to hold it on for a day or two it'd say that Hmm. Get up and kind of open it. They're sliding doors, right? So you can't like crack them. It's open or shut, right? Well, you can always you can you have a button. You can always you know use a vocal bit of who is it. Oh, okay. I do. I'm like, oh, yeah. I push that button and I say, oh, who's there? He says, "Good evening, ma'am. Uh, this is the porter. I believe I have a package for you that may have been delivered in the wrong place." Uh. May I may I bring it in, please? The porter? A porter is a guy who, who moves baggage. Oh. I open the door and kind of like stand in there because I'm still a little suspicious. So, yeah, I stand in the doorway in case, okay. like look around in case there's someone out there who might want to jump me. Okay. So you open the door. Three big burly guys... Standing right there. Oh, good. Hello, I'm the porter. I believe a package was delivered here by mistake. It should have gone to a Mr. Now, obviously, the guy does not look like Earth Force, does not look like a steward, does not look like a porter. He looks like, well, a thug. Let's not lie. A very Mm -hmm. well-dressed thug, but a thug. 
And he says, ah, I believe you have something that was supposed to be delivered to a any Jelson. Uh, oh, excuse me. Ah, here we go. A Benny Elmore. Mm-hmm. So, uh, if you happen to have said package, I will be more than happy to return it to uh, Mr. Elmore at this moment. Uh, you don't can you do des- it. Go ahead. Can you describe the package? Oh, I'm told it is a haversack of some type. A general carry-all uh, that is filled with a variety of loose objects. It should have a, a patch on the front that says, uh, here for life. Here for life. I don't think I've seen anything like that. Uh, give me a bluff check. All right. Okay. Let's see. So that will be, in this case, uh, your bluff skill, which you've had to put points into. Yes. So, uh, plus is that the column that says total bonus? Uh, you'll need that, but remember, mm-hmm. uh, the, the ability modifier was a little different than you thought in your math, so what is your charisma? It is... Hang on, let me <laughs> scroll through it. It's okay. Uh, I 16. I everything out. Yeah, a 16. 16. So your charisma is a plus 3. So it would mm-hmm. be your points, plus three, and any other miscellaneous modifiers you have, that will be your total. All right, so 14.6 doesn't seem super outrageous. 14.6? In the far right column that says total bonus, that's what I have. Okay, so that's how many How many ranks do you have? Six. Six, Put a okay. a lot of ranks into that. Seems okay, useful. so it's actually six plus three. So that's nine, because you have the nine. three from the charisma, mm-hmm. the uh, uh, six from there, so that's nine. Do you have any other miscellaneous modifiers? I have 5.6 points from miscellaneous things, because uh, traders and Brakiris both have some extra points for uh, bluff. 5.6? Like, they're going to be whole numbers. Into it. Yeah, that's right. it. I'll round it down to five. Right. Let's see uh, so, Brickari, I just went to the right page. What do you know? Um, well, practice is accessing the worst of an item, so they're good at appraise. Oh, they gain praise, bluff, sense motive as class skills, which is fine, and a plus two bonus to appraise and bluff. Okay, so we're now at 11. So, and I'll go to the trader. It's, uh, trader's knowledge or master trader. One of those two is, gives, is where I got the other two points, I think. Okay, I see master knowledge. Oh, Master Trader, I see here, because you're your fifth. So let's take a look here. Uh, Trader's Knowledge uh, gains competence in class skill of intrigue. Okay, that's not it. So Master Trader, here we go. Trader gains a plus one competence bonus to all appraise, bluff, diplomacy. Okay, so there is. Uh, This competence bonus is increased to plus two at sixth level, which you haven't gotten to yet. So this will be a plus one for that. So we have... So it's six, sorry, it's, it's three plus six plus two because you're a Berkiri plus one for Master Trader. So that's still intensely good. So you're talking nine plus one, that's 10. You, you, your total score should be 12. Yep. Okay. All right. Damn. Still good. So it's 12 plus one D, uh, plus one D20. Okay. One sec. Oh, oh Okay. Terrible roll, but a decent score. So, 
hey, it, it happens to the best of us. That's, that's, that's why I put a lot of points in that. Because <laughs> you're a liar, and you're very I knew my character was going to be lying a lot. <laughs> okay. All right. But you did the whole, nope, can't say I had it. The big guy's eyes kind of narrow a bit. It's really... Haven't seen it at all. One of the guys behind him cracks his knuckles. Nothing uh, at all. Nope, nothing. I don't know what you want from me. You're at the wrong place. He looks over and says, All right, and fine. Mr. Elmore would just very much like one thing out of his haversack, and I'm more than happy to deliver it. Everything else, I have no idea what it happened with. There's a book in there. He would very much like to deliver this book to Barry Elmore. Benny? I don't think Benny knows how to read. Uh, I'm probably going to need a will save because I think that's... uh, Let's see here. Intimidate is... Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Basically, the band very much is doing the phrase, this is not a request. His... Uh, thugs behind him are also saying in very quiet, demure, and shoulder-shrugging ways, this is also not a request. We know you got it. He actually kind of takes a step forward towards the door. If you tried to close the door now, it wouldn't close. And he says, we know you got it. We know Mr. Elmore left a nice little package here. We know you're not really involved. We just need, the little, uh, uh, need this. We're going to take it one way or the other. And if you cause a problem, this is going to be a problem. Understand? All right, I'll look for the book. Just just get out of the way. I, like, try to shoo him out of the doorframe without touching says, him, just, you know, shooing motion. He, says, he just kind of nods over and says, all right, you got 30. It's not that big of an apartment. And we're going to be right here. So mm-hmm. the door closes. And you can almost right. hear him, you know, on the other side. One. Instantly lock that thing. Uh-huh. You put a chip down. You know, the press button locked. Um, one. And then I go there. over and open the package. Or okay. open the bag and, like, look you inside. Bag. Now, most of it is filled with these small yellow cubes. I mean, just, like, probably a good hundred of them. It's, it's literally like getting a big dice bag of cubes. But there is this leather-bound book. It looks like kind of like a book of Narn because it's like not a square it's like square with the with the corners cut off um, but not round either but it's this tome that is probably about, about three inches wide it is a big book and it's leather bound it looks like the title is on it but it's in a language you don't recognize mm. I opened it up okay just a moment Oh, boy. Okay. All right. For the record, the three cards I threw out were Point of No Return, Sudden Recollection, and Fleeting Glimpse. Oh, dear. Oh, good. <laughs> this is going to go well. <laughs> um, so you like the book. You can hear the guy counting down also. It's taking you maybe up to 15 seconds to get the satchel open, get the book out. So he's at 15. By the time you actually start flipping through, it's like, what is this thing? He's at 10. And so by the time he's at 8, you open the book to figure out what's inside. There is writing. 
The writing is mm-hmm. some language and script you've never seen before, but it almost illuminates you and it shines on its own. It's like the its book is painted in light and it just radiates over you. When that happens, your vision blurs for a moment and you suddenly are someplace else. There are these huge creatures, mountains of flesh with tendrils coming about them. And not huge like in like house size of houses, but definitely like 12 feet tall, but they're spindly uh, tendrils with claws on one end and, and, and strange other Devices, not quite like a hand at the other. They sing to each other in a garbled mess of a language back and forth, discussing something of import. And you get the vague sensation that there is this idea that they are lost. And if they don't try to go someplace else, all is for nothing. And that's as much as you can get as they turn and you get the vague sensation that's uh, of the word interloper. As they kind of look down at you, and at that point, the book closes, and you are kicked to the other side of the room by force alone. The book itself drops where it's sit, where, where you, you accidentally released it. Just boom, 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 boom. And, and you can remember in depth, all of a sudden, every delivery you ever made, and strange and unusual things that you kept in your truck or the, the, space, the spaceship that you were never supposed to open, and yet you suddenly know some things were Narn refugees. Some were uh, relics of an ancient past of dead races that were being smuggled past uh, uh, security and past uh, border patrols. Uh, parts of dead worlds that had been essentially grave robbed through, and you feel each and every item being torn away from history itself as you move it through. You're not sure what this means. You're not sure how this, this, what this it comes about, but the feeling of something is lost on a galactic scale and on a personal scale, the closest you feel about that loss was the idea that that, that asshole took your kid away from you. It's that same sort of feeling, except more so. And by the time you shake your head, the guy outside has reached eight. I just kind of sit there staring at the book, ignoring the guys outside. Door is locked, so I'm not really worried about them. So, all right. I'm taking a minute to collect myself. Fair enough. Seven, six, five... Stand up and grab the book, open the door, and just kind of shove it at the guy. And <laughs> yeah. Just take, and just like, take this. Just take it. Benny doesn't want that. He looks over. Pleasure doing business with you. Kind of tips his hand. Uh, is, you know, does the two-finger salute. Not as in the insult, but as in, like, not a full, full military salute, but, like, the two on top of the, shoulder, the, top of the eyebrow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pleasure doing yeah. business with you. I'll make sure this gets to Mr. Elmore. No problem. Yeah, I hope he enjoys it. Uh, tell, him not to, tell him to open it. Tell him to open it and read it. <laughs> Thank you. He taps the button, the door closes on the other side. Normally I'd ask for a fortitude save, but I think in this case it would be apropos, as once the door closes, suddenly you rush to the bathroom and purge. 
Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is a bit of the, what the hell just happened? This is one of the more confusing things that's ever happened to me. So, um, I get done with that and go look at the satchel again with the yellow cubes in it, trying to figure out what they are. As far as you can tell, they look like, well, like crystallized tree sap. Looks exactly like that, you know. Somebody, somebody decided they wanted these cubes made out of a not necessarily a gemstone because it's not a precious, precious stone like a diamond or an emerald or anything else. It's more like yeah, fabricated tree sap that has been carved into this, and that you feel like if you had the right cutter, you could put numbers on them and turn them into dice at a casino and actually do very well with it because they're about the size of a casino die which is uh, not quite a full inch on each side, but it's a cube. Um, there's... How many of them are there? Uh, roughly. Roughly? Like 20, 20, 30, more than that. Less oh, than definitely that. more than 30. Probably something closer to 50 to 100. Um, oh I take three or four of them, stick them in my pocket, put the satchel back in the closet, shut the door, like slam the door, really. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you got three or four in your pocket. And then I'm still feeling a little shaky, but I decided the best thing to do is to go get something to eat and think about my life for a little while. <laughs> this is going to be interesting. Um, I said it before the, the commercial break, and I'll say it again. You saw some of that coming, didn't you? A little bit, you know. You <laughs> foreshadowed it pretty well. Not not the book thing, but the other stuff. Yeah. How else am I going to get you guys together as a team? Well, remember, I said that after we were done, we were going to call her and see if she wanted to do dinner because we had fun drinking with her last night. So, Exactly. We'll get to that in a second. And yes, temporal-wise, you're going to have the meeting with the, the Pacamara ambassador and probably then just call Ty and say, oh, hey, uh, you know, we just uh, got a something happened. Do you want to catch catch a meal? Which is going to be about the time when after Ty had woken up, had the experience with the book, and door closed, and basically after about ten minutes of reevaluating your life, there's going to be a, a call that says, "Hey, do you want to catch dinner?" Yes, I absolutely <laughs> so. do. I don't even know you people, but really, but sure. <laughs> Man, so to say yes to dinner with a Pacmara. Todd has been around. I feel like it's hard to gross her out. True. Plus, she just got weird things beamed into her skull by a book, which makes eating with a Pacamara seem a little less stressful, comparatively. <laughs> It'll certainly take everything else off your mind. <laughs> so, with the ambassador, you go and you, you talk with uh, the ambassador, whose stats I don't have. But... When you get up there, there is another Pacmara who seems to be addressing the, the ambassador in the traditional way. Um, now, again, I, as a GM, do not know all the Pacmara standards and traditions, so I'm using human metaphors for this for best clarity. In this case, it would be as if going to a minor court, seeing a person in a chair, which could be considered a throne, but not really like a king throne, more like a being in the presence of a lord, and there is somebody on their knees, not doing the prostrating, but doing the uh, nightly 
one knee out. They they rest their elbow on the knee. You know, head down. My lord, I have a report for you, sort of thing. The British are coming from the west. That sort of level of that. Reporting into the ambassador. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, give me a... Both of you, both Duali and Mirgrat, may give me a... Ooh, what is the perception? It is actually... They changed the skill on me. Notice. A notice check. Notice. Is that a skill? Yes. That's a skill. It's uh, it's to replace search, spot, and, and, and listen. Okay. I do okay. not have a good modifier for that. Well, you're kind of in the middle of something, so I understand. I got my number. Okay, there we go. Ah! Well. Yes. <laughs> I do notice things. Okay. So, while you can't understand all the language, because everything's being said in Pachmarat without a translating unit, the one on the on his, essentially on his knees, giving a quick report, or something like that, uh, says, we will keep eyes out for all things in this way, but I will inform both the collective and my superiors in these regards. And Diplomat says, I understand. Allow me, uh, let me know how best I may be of service and how I may help the greaters. Thank you for your time. Yeah. Thank you for your time, uh, my lord diplomat. Thank you. Um, one stands up, turns around, and that's when the notice happens where Mugrat has eyes for the diplomat saying, you know, you know, I, I, I'm on a mission. Duali notices that the person standing up was one of the Pakrama, the other Pakmara uh, from the shuttle. Hmm. Who then kind of sees both of you and just kind of wanders past you and uh, out the door and is escorted out of the quarters. The diplomat comes over. Miograt, librarian, we, you honor us with your presence. How can we a simple diplomat of Pakmara help you, a gatherer of intelligence and investigations. Ah, uh, I have an important report to pass on to you. It is an unprecedented circumstance that has arisen on this ship. Please, I wish you to pass this along to the library and the civility as fast as possible, but I also wish you to keep a copy for yourself to absorb the information, and make sure that all Pakmara on this vessel are aware of the situation as it is unfolding. Please, read the report now. Uh, this, my friend Duli, is who brought the situation to my attention to begin with. She is here so that she may answer any questions that you have. At the notice of the uh, Narn in the room, the diplomat waves, her, uh, waves his hand and or it's a, I'm, I'm bad with some of these metaphors, so I apologize. Waves their hand, and a, an assistant comes over, brings over a translation unit, and activates it in front of them. So now Duli is now part of the conversation. He says, thank you for this report. I will read this immediately and send this off under higher station. I'll make sure that it re, uh, goes directly to the, uh, the Pakmara government. In the meantime, what else can you tell me about this situation? Please, friend to me. Would you, would you be so kind as to brief our diplomat? I will uh, turn to the diplomat. So I've been tracing the source of this for some time. After our initial investigation of the drug, it appeared as though it was almost genetically engineered to affect the Narn in ways that other drugs do not. Most drugs do not affect us. 
this is particularly devastating. And it is a created drug. It's not like a plant extract that someone happened upon. I have yet to find out who is making this drug and who is distributing it. I was told that on this ship there would be a particularly uh, large trade going on with someone trading the drug for money. And that is why you are here. And I, I have been tasked with finding the source of the drug. Looks over at Mirat, looks at Duali. For the time being, please understand that I give unto your, again, insert word for foreigner, pet, emergency food source, I give your, insert word, permission to treat themselves as part of your pod. I look I extremely surprised, especially if I caught those words. I can make a linguist check if you want, but yeah, no, they're, they're still wearing, they're still holding the land. The, 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 uh, oh, they're the holding the translator. Okay, yeah. yeah, I look extremely surprised. If I am honored. You have brought something to our attention. If, based on what the uh, Meograt has said. This is a substance that affects the Narn, but now affects the Pakmura. Pakmura are very resilient into all chemicals. This causes pause. Please consider yourself in this regard while aboard this ship as part of the librarian pod. We will honor what requests you have, but please know we are far from home and as such do not have access to all resources. But what you can ask of me, I will attempt to do so. But for the moment, consider yourself. There is another word that's not quite foreigner, not quite friend. It's kind of close to ally, for lack of a better term. But the term basically means, again, loyal pet or um, faithful friend, companion, that sort of thing. Again, to use a very old and probably weird term to use nowadays, but it's the only thing that comes to mind, kimasabi. Am I the only person who knows what that word means? I've heard it. No, no, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Just check, just check in the room here. It's like, how old am I? <laughs> I am <laughs> older than you, so... I mean, old, but so are we, I guess. <laughs> okay, just checking. But yeah, so congratulations. You have become whatever you might consider Kimasabi. You're not part of the tribe. You're tangential to the tribe, at least locally, with all mm-hmm. privileges that may happen. Now, granted, you don't speak the language. You don't share the eating habits. Uh, but... If you are in the presence of this Nar, uh, this Pakmara, the other Pakmara will not actively spit at you. I mean, okay. they wouldn't anyway. I'm pretty sure that's considered assault in most jurisdictions. True, it is, but but you know <laughs> what I mean. If, uh, if they will not look at you at disfavor so much as they still will recognize you are not Pakmara. Again, closest metaphor that I can see in Babylon Five was when Lanier talked to uh, uh Marcus, Marcus was trying to talk to Lanier about something. Lanier grabs Marcus, lifts him up, and says, "We are not you. We, uh, uh, you may look like us and talk like us, but we are not you. Please remember that." 
And he's like, understood. And he was a ranger talking to a Mimbari diplomat. Similar sort of things. They respect the rangers. They treat them as, as, as celebrated class. But there's still that whole, you're not us. But we highly respect you for this. Which in Pacmaran society, which is very collective, is still something of a high honor. Yeah. Yeah. So, so please, continue your investigation. Tell us what is required. And we will send this information to home. He, he kind of bows. Please continue, librarian. Your work is vital to us as we learn, uh, continue understanding the universe. May you see and smell and feel all that is the universe and relay that to, back to us so we may know that which is more. They bow to you in respect. And Mirat's going to give a slightly less deep bow and... and uh return return that uh greeting back basically just like may you receive all of my reports essentially <laughs> may you receive but knowing what i know of pakmara and of course what they talk about the librarian it probably translates as may your recipes be well and true and the response is essentially i offer my recipes to you may you dine and uh, dine and joy in peace yeah basically <laughs> we're very uh, Oh, yeah. You were then basically escorted, for lack of a better term, uh, back to the elevator and back down. But on the way out, again, this gives the opportunity for Dwali to go, oh, can I borrow the comm unit for a second? Not yeah. actually of the diplomat's room, but, you know, on the way there. Yeah. So, and this is the point where Dwali would then press a, press a button, uh, ring for Ty. Ty's I mean, still shaking off the, the after effects of whatever the hell just happened. To be fair, I'd probably call a few other people but not get an answer, and so Ty's the only one we actually end up resort. inviting. Not last resort. It's just like, okay, we met this person last night and this person last night and this person last night. Okay, we'll call this person. Good. Ty responds. We'll call... I forgot the guy's name. Uh, probably Pilot. Ran. Ran doesn't respond. Yeah, we'll call... Brand doesn't respond. We'll call the other pilot. She doesn't respond. Okay, well, I guess we're having dinner with just the three of us. <laughs> Alien jam. Alien jam. Yeah, exactly. None, none of the humans are picking up, so let's just do. Let's let's not bother the humans in in this in this silly thing. Let's let's keep it amongst us. Aliens only, fools. <laughs> <laughs> or, or or to put it another way, you are part of, you're part of the club of no humans. Yeah. So, All right. Sounds good to me. We head so, off to dinner. Uh, you guys head to a, a restaurant. Do you guys go to the back to the place you were, or do you go to something new? I think Ty would leave it up to other people if she's still a little, you know, yeah. weirded out and not making super good at making plans yet. Yeah, I think uh, Mirat would leave it up to Dooley just because they're not going to be eating, so they're, they're just kind of like, you know, a, a seat is a seat is a seat in a restaurant. I'm not going to be ordering anything. Fair <laughs> enough. So basically, I will definitely recommend that, remember, there is a supposed to be really good Narn food Right, place. but I don't, I don't know what Bakari eats. I really haven't met many of them. So I think I'll bring us back to the place where we were last night, but in the course of the night, I'll ask them, is there, you know, what do you eat? What, what other places can we try? Because it's a big ship. Let's try more than just this one. Oh, okay. I'm going to join in on that because I also want to know what Brakiri eat. 
but for for for, for, for you for want me to make something up, or is this a legitimate question that I should like try to research? No, we, we don't have to answer it. I'm just we'll saying that's something. that's part of the conversation we'll have. So yeah. okay, we'll figure something out. But most most groups have their own variations of things. But yeah, if nothing else, everyone can go to uh, Malcolm's Idiri's Flarn Palace. But whatever. Um, but yeah, so you guys end up back at, at Shokar's kill, and Shokar is always, ah, good, have you back! Here's men you stab. Wanders away. But yes, uh, food is available for whatever everybody has. Beers, as I'm assuming, uh, Tide last time got the horn. Order two beers again. Yeah, order two beers, and again, out comes the horn again, because and when he does, Shokar drops, puts it on the table, winks at you, and gives you what is essentially the... I see you there. Uh, I remember <laughs> you. Face mm-hmm. and goes back. So, so because beer is fermented, I think it's actually something that that Mirgarat can technically eat. I'll actually look uh, into that. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I I had been thinking about this where because they can eat things that are that are rotted, and fermentation is basically just controlled rotting. So I think I. Th- Pac-Mara can have beer. Um, that's going to be one of these to look up on a scientific level, too. Uh, but we'll, we'll look at that a bit. But yes, yeah, so assume that if, if it's not, we'll change it later that it is some sort of uh, palatable beverage to a uh, Pac-Mara. Cool. Uh, yeah, I would say probably beer, but not spirits. But that's yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, beer or like I'm I'm thinking like the fermented mare's milk drinks that that you get in like Central Asia. I feel like yeah. those would also be Pakmara acceptable. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I I I've put frankly a distressing amount of thought into what earth foods Pakmara can eat. <laughs> <laughs> eh, like I said, there's a whole book on this, we'll figure it out later. Anyway, so yeah, so everyone sits down. Everyone's, as far as I can tell, a little quiet when they first sit down. Like, what happened? So, uh, what did you guys do today? Uh, I don't really think most of the day should be discussed at dinner, but I met some Pakmara, and then I met some other Pakmara. Unfortunately, I didn't meet any of the Norn I'd hoped to meet, but... Hmm. Friends do bravely attempted to watch us eat! I kind of stare at Murgarat for a second and just, like, let that one go. <laughs> I wasn't going to mention that, Nyakrat. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to track down some information, and I'm not having a lot of luck, so. It's only okay, dangerous. Is that why you're looking for the Narn? Yeah. Well, you know, I met a Narn, <laughs> sort of. Not too long ago. Yeah. So for the right amount, or the right considerations, or... Actually, your friend's a scientist, right? Indeed. I have something that I have acquired, let's say. Um, If your friend will take a look at it for me, I can get you in touch with a Narn that I know who... I don't know for sure, but he's very interesting, and maybe he can help you with whatever your problem is. How's that for a trade? Yeah, correct. This sounds mutually beneficial. Let us commence with this transaction of favors. Sure does. I take, well, I glance around real quick first to make sure nobody's, like, hanging out in the shadows staring at me. Yeah. And then I take 
the amber thing out of my pocket and like set it on the table, like hidden behind the giant horn of beer, <laughs> where nobody can starts, see it. So it's sitting there. Julie promptly starts choking on her food. So you've seen this, huh? Oh yes, I am very it? interested in that. It is a drug. Oh, Benny, you son of a bitch! It is How a much drug. Is it worth? Uh, that little cue. Quite a bit. <laughs> when I lived on Babylon 5, I could live off of one of those cubes for six to eight weeks. Mm. Oh, Ben. I hope those thugs beat the shit out of you. <laughs> I put the cube or the, the drug back in my pocket. <laughs> and. As everyone just kind of goes, oh god, what did we stumble into? Where did you get that? It's um, it's a very long story, and I suppose I guess the short version, without giving too much away, is somebody paid me to hold on to it for them for a little while, for about a day. They haven't come to collect yet, which I'm not really sure if he's coming back. Actually, I'm not really sure at all. Anyway, so I assume this Narn that you're looking for is probably someone who can help you with the drug dealing that you're into, apparently. Uh, actually, we're into the same drug dealing. Ah, uh, well, I'm not a seller. However, you clearly are. Um, actually, I'm not. Oh. I, I have been tasked with finding out who is selling this drug in the hopes of tracking it to its source so that we can get rid of it. Hmm. It's a lot of money to throw away, but to each their own. Well, I promise to get you in touch with this Narn. I take the business card from uh, center around in my pocket and kind of slide it confidentially over. Okay. That's his name. I don't know for sure if he can help you, but I would not be surprised if he was on something when I think about it. <laughs> well... If your person does show up to collect the drugs, I would be interested in another trade. Huh. Well, he offered me ten grand to hold on to this smallish item for 24 hours. How much can you offer me? We shall offer you the same amount, simply to hold him while he is there for the pickup until we can arrive at your- and notify us to arrive at your quarters so that we may question him ourselves. Hmm. Fourteen thousand. I am afraid that is not possible. Hmm. Well, that is disappointing, but I guess there's nothing I can do for you then. Perhaps there is a different consideration that we could achieve. Like what? So <laughs> I think at this point, Mirgorot's going to like hug Dooley down and like, turn the volume on the translator all the way down. Dooley! Hmm. Friend Dooley! Please tell me, what is your ready cash? <laughs> okay, so out of character, GM, <laughs> uh-huh. do I feel that accessing my bank account would be possible? It might be possible, but for lack of a better term, you could access it. But someone will know you've accessed it. I think it's probably worth the risk. Because I only spent about two grand of what you gave us for the game. So, 
Um, so I will turn back to Miragret and say, uh, I, I think I could do the four. This is acceptable. And then I, I, I'm going to turn the, the volume on my translator back up. Friend Ty, we have reconsidered your offer and find 14,000 to be acceptable. You shall hold this individual until we are able to encounter them ourselves when he comes to pick up the package. It's a deal. Pleasure doing business with you. Thank you, Mr. Solo. Um, (laughs) As you guys sit back and drew the beers, I'm in Bari wearing what might be considered ranger robes, but they're a little on the older side, not the full ISA ranger. Comes in. He uh, looks over, orders basically a crystal water from uh, Shokara. He laughs and he hands it to him. Quick question. Did we remove the amber cube from the table? Yes, Nobody has it's back in my pocket. Okay, okay, it's back in your pocket. Okay. I did say that. Yeah. Okay. I have got I got a recording. I'll find out one way or the other. I just wanted to make sure. Okay. But Ranger looks around, comes over, and says, Excuse me. May I join you here, please? What race are they? Bimbari. Um, Can I make a knowledge culture check for Minbari to see if I can, like, place this individual? Uh, sure. I know they just said knowledge culture, but I, it, unless you have, if you have knowledge culture Minbari. I Minbari culture, sorry. Oh, even better. Cool. Makes, makes sense to me. Okay, 13. He's probably of the religious cast. That much you can figure out? Probably. Well, I'll gesture to a chair. Say, yeah, have have a seat. I'm uh, Dooley. This is I, and this is Miagrat. I just uh, sit there and stare at him. It's <laughs> a pleasure to make your acquaintance. I am Aparo. I, he looks over. I am told that there has been some investigations been going on in the down below sectors. Something to do with the Pakbara. Is this correct? I am not an arc! <laughs> I think over. maybe the translator may be meant to say that while there may be some uh, investigations going on, it is entirely Pakmara business. I understand. I understand. If something does happen, the rangers would like to know, and as I'm heading towards the colony to act as local liaison, if there's anything you could do to assist in this, I would very much be appreciative. Thank you very much for your time. He stands up for a minute and says, oh, and by the way, itane, he says, just strange word. He looks over at Ty and says, that's a lovely tattoo. He stands up, wanders away. Huh? What was that? <laughs> <laughs> And those drugs are really going around, aren't they? Yep. So I, I don't know that they affect humans like that, but yeah. However, you're like, well, I guess the drugs just affect people. You reach for your uh, your beer, and you notice the back of your right hand has a sigil, not unlike the shining words that kicked you across the room. Um, I just stop when I'm doing and stare at it. 
hold my Go hand ahead. up and I'm like, uh, does anybody has any, does anybody else see this? They look over and yes, they see it. Plain as day. This is a great place to end for this evening. Hell yeah, cliffhanger. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And that's where we end for this week. I just wanted to say thank you for joining us and to tune in in two weeks for our next exciting episode. If you like us and want to send us comments, questions, or just want to say hi, you can find us at temporalplaygrounds.com slash odyssey. Or you can email us at temporalplaygrounds at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Temporal Playground Productions. Babylon 5 was created by J. Michael Trzynski and was distributed by Warner Brothers Domestic Television. The Babylon 5 role-playing game is created by Mongoose Publishing using the OGL Open Gaming License of D20. Our intro and outro music, Titan Striker, was composed by Evan King and is available for YouTube, social media, and on evankingmusic.com. Please see his website for more information. Again, I am Daniel, and thank you for tuning in. Join us next time. Good night.